Well, hello there, Meow Mentors. It's Cat Lady Justin, and this is the Kitty Boss, where we pick, pamper, and protect your practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. Today's a very special episode because I have a guest coming, which I'll introduce to you in a minute, named Julie Totten, who's the founder of Cat Companions, uh, a wonderful East Coast of the USA for now, uh, nonprofit organization that actually helps to match uh, cats to help them find a home. As you know, mission is to help a million more cats find a loving home, but to match them to people, for example, autistic people who might very much benefit and need a companion animal. So hence it's called Cat Companions. It's a, a really amazing business idea, a really amazing nonprofit idea. And so without further ado, I'd like to welcome to the show, Julie Totten. I hope I pronounced that correctly. Uh, it's really amazing. I'm honored and grateful to meet you find out more about this amazing mission that you're on. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Yes, thank you, Julie. So uh, catcompanions.org, which I'll, I'll I'll pull up in for a second just so people can see it. It's actually a website. Check it out. It's totally legit. Uh, catcompanions.org, we'll talk about that more in a few minutes, is a nonprofit organization. Correct me if I'm if I misstep here any place of the way, Julie. Nonprofit organization, and your goal is to help get cats matched up so you're almost like a matchmaking organization to people but not just any people it's to people who really need and would benefit tremendously from having a companion cat and the example that i think is the probably the most important one for your organization is people who are autistic and then there are other people i'm sure that would be you know welcome if they need a therapy cat or canyon animal or something like that. So is that about right? Yeah, so uh, we're looking for cats from shelters and foster mm -hmm. homes that can be emotional support cats. So they're affectionate cats, friendly cats. We are operating in Eastern Massachusetts um, and it's open to anybody with a disability. Technically an emotional support cat is a cat that provides a therapeutic benefit to someone with a mental health disorder, but we are expanding for our program to for it to be for anybody with a disability, because if someone has a physical disability, autism, and um, you know, they need an emotional support cat too. So we're reaching out to those groups and helping them. What we do specifically is we don't give people a cat. <laughs> so we find cats across multiple shelters that might be a match for them, affectionate, friendly, healthy cats. And then the person applies to the shelter. And once they're accepted, the cat may still be there or they may have to, we may have to keep looking. So in Massachusetts, cats like this go very quickly so the cats might be all gone by the time you your application is accepted yeah and then it's up to us to keep tracking the cats and looking for more cats until we can find one and in addition to just finding the cats i hope i'm not rambling on too no, much. no please continue we also help them figure out if they need any resources such as pet food pantries, if they can't afford cat food, um, low cost vets, 
that sort of thing because people with disabilities often have a low income. And then we also help them figure out their cat caregiving system. Some people such as seniors with with disabilities uh, sometimes need a a visiting cat sitter to come to their yeah. house periodically. Caring for the cat itself. So so that's yeah. great because that's that's like there's also follow-up support available, which I think is, is probably very responsible of you because it would be a bit irresponsible to, 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 to do the cat. And then you're on your own. But because there's all of this follow-up that is available, I think that's really, really great. And so that's why I kind of likened it to a matchmaking organization because it's not like you don't run a shelter. You actually... Here, here's a cat and you, you you put it in the box and a carrier and hand it over to someone you have to play matchmaker you take the cats yeah. who you are aware of in the uh eastern massachusetts area for now maybe you know with you know with any luck it'll be something that expands in, in a great way across the state and the united states itself and maybe somebody listening to this will be inspired to do such a thing in the uk where mm-hmm. i reside i think right. that would be fantastic we all know that uh, companion animals make all the difference for people. Every people, not just, you know, people with disabilities, but it'd be even more impactful for someone with a disability solving a plethora of problems, including loneliness and mental health issues and all these other things. And while I love the idea of dogs, uh, and dogs can be extremely beneficial, and they're also indispensable. So I don't want to sound like I'm anti-dog. For example, uh, my PA, has a daughter with a disability, but a profound disability. And so she has actually a service dog that actually go get her things. She'll be able to tell the dog, oh, get my notebook or get me a towel. And the dog will understand a command and go bring her a towel. Now, you can't really train a cat to do that. So that's not the mm-hmm. cat's place. The dog place, certainly that kind of thing. But the cat has its own unique place in the sense that it is, in fact, a little bit more therapeutic than a dog. So the dog gives you the play, the love, the affection, which raises your spirits. And a cat, as I always talk about with pretty much every guest, has the additional benefit. The purring has been shown in many studies to have this frequency that causes human cortisol levels to lower and reduce. So it actually has a physically as well as emotionally and mentally uh, therapeutic effect. So I think cats are, are, are much more on emotional support type of spectrum whereas dogs can actually provide also some physical support some actual fetching things and some service to you so i think we, they have there's a place for both of them and yes, certainly um, oh i was just gonna say that you know with dogs they're great too it's just that they at least in around here they're expensive you have to mm-hmm. the average cost of a service dog is forty five thousand. Dollars. Now, the person who gets the dog does not have to pay that much, but they do have to pay, I think it's $10,000. Oh, right. you know, That's a tremendous that. amount to ask of someone who's mm-hmm. not necessarily wealthy. Right. And then on top of it, there's caring. The caring for a dog is a lot more. You have to take them outside and they have to run. Dogs have to get exercise. So do cats, but cats can do that indoors. So yeah, uh, and when we're thinking about people with disabilities, they they don't, you know, they they might not have the strength or the energy and to look after a dog. So a cat is, you know, a great 
alternative for them. And as you mentioned, the cats are, when you pet them, they're purring and they, they are very therapeutic in lowering anxiety. For sure. And so let me ask you now, let's uh, uh, kind of, if you don't mind answering it, a question mm-hmm. about uh, you and what kind of prompted, motivated or inspired you to start Cat Companions? Because it's quite a unique, uh, you know, sort of business model. If you, well, it's a nonprofit, but it's still a model and it's quite a unique thing. I would have never thought of, but I. But now that I see it, I'm like, this could be hugely beneficial here and everywhere. So, what made you? What What made you think of it? Yeah. So my background is in disabilities. I I founded and ran Families for Depression Awareness for 15 years, and it's still um, in existence today, and uh, it's doing great work. Uh, and I also have family mem- members on the autism spectrum. So my background and experience is really with disabilities. And then mm-hmm. looking at, of course, I'm an animal lover um, and yeah. looking at, you know, when somebody is depressed, they have debilitating panic attacks, they're lonely, they're depressed, they have insomnia, they might even have suicide, suicidal thinking. You know, they are suffering or they're in pain because they have a physical disability what they they definitely need medical help and i'm not saying they should they should definitely get that and that's very very important and they also need something positive in their lives they need a an animal helps them with all their symptoms with their anxiety and so forth but it also gives them something positive a creature to take care of gives them a purpose in their life um, a reason to keep going. They, they need to take care of this animal. They love this animal. And so that's why I started it because I wanted to look at it from all directions. How can you help somebody with, dis- with a disability, not just medical treatment, but also something yeah. But give them give them more than medical treatment, and, and and I completely respect that. I mean, it's not this is not that kind of show where we say you know medical treatment is important. Don't, you know, we're not we're not telling people to go away from that, especially people mm-hmm. with a disability might need it. But it is saying that there's there's some additional things that might help you, uh, that mm-hmm. will help you, sure, uh, if you're interested. And so this making this available, I think, will have a massive uh, impact on people, which is kind of why I you know, what motivated me to share this with people, even though I'm here in the UK, the majority of my listeners and viewers are in the USA, because that's where I'm kind of from, not originally, but you know, that's where mm-hmm. I'm from, from. And even though you're localized currently to Eastern Massachusetts, to the East Coast of the USA, perhaps somebody might be listening or watching and be inspired to either collaborate with you or launch a similar thing that is not yeah. competitive, but but in their own area or zone of, of influence and business and, and really help a lot of people. Uh, because Absolutely. I'd be happy to speak you know, to anyone who's interested. I, you know, the whole mission is to help people. So the more people we can help, the bigger impact that we can have, the better. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, you know, there's, um, there's, there's a sort of non-competitive 
nature to this because you're not it's not a for-profit business you're not in it to make money so there really is no competition it's really all about helping as many people as possible and you by yourself couldn't possibly help everyone in the entire you know united states of america so it's just a, a real amazing idea a really helpful thing um you did i don't want to forget you did mention something earlier uh about if they you know, the follow-up support if they say don't have the, the means to purchase this that, and the other thing you might already be aware of it because she does operate out of uh you know the massachusetts i believe the greater greater boston area uh but dr rachel geller my frequent you know every month we do a show together catching up on this on this program uh she has her uh all cat all the time a cat uh, her nonprofit where she assists people to uh who on low income who acts what they need to be able to care for the cat because what we're doing is removing basically every barrier to, to owning a cat that's kind of my goal because uh if i if i do achieve this crazy thing of helping a million more cats to find a loving home of course all those people to find lonely people to find a lifetime of unconditional love uh then we've got to remove barriers and not put more up and i completely respect and understand the need to to, vet, to have good you know, make sure they go into a good home. But I think sometimes we erect in our minds and uh, these ideas that we have that it needs to be more complicated uh, than it really needs to be. Or we see a program uh, that leads to think that perhaps it's going to be a cat from hell. And what a, while it's an amusing program, most cats are not like that. And while there's a lot of rumors and, you know, ideas out there about cats and how, you know, they can be, Again, it doesn't have to be like that. There is the easy way to do it. And that's kind of what I'm, I'm, I'm after to show. Because if I look at the different priorities that we have for a cat, yeah, sure. I feed my cat, you know, premium type of food and I boat I, I all over them. I spend the money on them. However, if someone says, well, I don't have any, I don't have the money to spend on them. Okay. I think the number one priority is to get them a loving home, considering how many there are that don't have that, that are in, that are currently, let's say, a kill shelter or other shelter, even if it's not a kill shelter, they're in a, they're, they're not in a loving home. And that's the number one priority. And then after that, we have all, we have other priorities, their health, their, you know, making sure they're insured, all that kind of stuff. But hey, if you can't afford it, the best example I can think of is uh, an old uh, boss of mine from a long time ago had three cats and they were all very long-lived close to 30 so they all lived over wow. 20 mostly over 25 and i i i swear to you he didn't treat them the way i would treat a cat so none of them ever went to a vet he did not believe in spending a penny on that so none of them have had their vaccinations none of them have been to the vet none of them uh, doesn't feed them premium food organic like i do and he doesn't even uh, let them in all the time. Like literally the cats get tossed out the door, uh, <laughs> you know, for a period of the day. So I, I think of that. I'm like, wow, I would never treat my cats like that. And yet he does love them. He does. He shows pictures. He does. I can, you can see that he loves them, but he has, he just has these crazy ideas of how they need to be reared. And the thing is, I can't argue with him because they're all long lived, healthy cats without health issues. So I'm like, Maybe you're just lucky three times in a row, but you know, uh, but obviously the priority is that they have a loving home. And then mm -hmm. all these other things that we talk about that are important and, and all these things are number two compared to the loving home. 
Because no matter what, Kat's better off with a loving, adoring home, uh, eating, you know, lousy food than they are eating, you know, the best food available, uh, but in a home that's not, but in a shelter, <laughs> you know, in, in some shelter where they touched one a day or something like that. So, and they have no actual love that their home secure. So I think that's the priority. And so when I say, you know, so that's that's kind of what motivated me and stuff like that is, is there's there's obviously the need for people side of things. But there's also a really great need from the cat side of things to get them matched to a home. And sure, you said earlier, these type of cats pretty much go pretty quickly. That doesn't mean they're not there. And maybe also it'll encourage, if anyone's listening, more uh, shelters, more professionals in the cat business to make them into therapy cats, sort of teach them or guide them or work with them as behaviorists to, to make them suitable to be, because uh, it'll make them more adoptable quicker. So there's an idea for you. You want to help get them adopted faster? Well, invest some time into training them so that they are appropriate to be that sort of emotional support cat. But anyway, that's my, that's my two cents. So I get that. That's a really, you know, beautiful motivation if you will for starting this so before we go on i just like to pause and show people once again the website it's catcompanions.org which is i'll spell it for the benefit of the people who are listening c-a-t-c-o-p-a-n-i-o-n-s.org o-r-g so it's catcompanions.org plural so i think that's an awesome thing and i really encourage people to go there uh, look at Tori, read about us. There's not a ton there. It's it's very concise and gives you exactly what you need to know. And then you can see whether this is an organization that you feel is worth supporting and what you can do. And of course, if you're in the in the area, in the east eastern Massachusetts area, you might even be able to benefit from this if you need a emotional support cat uh, by all means. So there's many ways that you can support them, including, you know, following them on social media and, and helping get the word out about what they do uh, and who they are. So I think that's enough of that little sidebar. Just wanted to take a pause and go into that and show everybody the website and, and uh, what's available right now. So uh, where in your journey, um, obviously, you, I mean, I know about your past. You said that you used to work in old disabilities profession, uh, but then you started this organization, right? I'm you know, in my uh, day job, if you will, I'm very active in the nonprofit organization leadership roles, mostly on boards and trusteeships and advisory committees and stuff. But uh, so I'm very aware of the need for finance and funding uh, and fundraising and all that. So how is it that you uh, finance this endeavor? How is it that you basically make money? Uh, or maybe you, you, the answer is, well, I won the law two years ago. I don't need to. Cool. And how is it that how is it that this is sustaining sustainable right now? Yeah, I wish I won the lottery once in a while. I buy a ticket. Um, well, I, I, first, I just wanted to react to when you were talking before. Rachel Geller is a wonderful cat behaviorist, and and she works with us too. Um, so, in addition to helping people find a cat, then we we do provide cat education. So a cat, a cat behaviorist goes into the home and and helps them bond with the cat and set up their home and and take you know understand cat care. So you know people really appreciate that too as part of our 
program. And so I just wanted to mention that when you were saying. Oh, know, definitely. Because it's part of the whole follow-up package that you have. It's not just it's not just right. the matchmaking. It's follow-up support available, including information on the website itself that people can read and take a look at as well. So, yeah, absolutely. Right. So so back to the, so just back a reminder, I was asking about the, where the money comes from. For this. Right. So we're um, a new organization. So we're just, we just got our 501c3 status, which means that we can we can accept donations we can apply for grants so we've applied just recently to 40 foundations and we'll keep applying to a bunch more um fundraising to individuals as well is very important so we're reaching out and going to different events and reaching out building our volunteer base and our our donor base and so it's all just building up right now right now we're delivering the service on a volunteer basis. And then, you know, we'll go from there once we start um, building. Yeah. Up and what's, so what's your timeline then? Like how, uh, how earned, uh, what, what's your sort of target date for some, you know, for the money to start rolling in and for this to start being a sustainable financially uh, activity. Right. So I mean, what, it takes what sort about, of a target date. Yeah. I mean, it takes about a year to really get, your fundraising going because foundations need three to six months and then you you know getting individuals engaged and so forth so that's the time frame that we think it will take and in the meantime okay. working on it on a volunteer basis is, is what we're doing yeah for sure and you can you know and i'm sure you'd welcome more volunteers who, who yes. might be in a position to to donate some time or or even some money if, if somebody's in a position to do that it's all it's all welcome and it's all uh you know above board because you are officially like you said what's called a 501c which uh everybody in america knows that means you know, licensed registered non-profit organization that can accept donations legally uh mm -hmm. and that's what it means in the uk it's a bit different we just have to register with the charity commission and it's a much easier process but the u.s mm -hmm. is more involved in it and it's called you know a fancy name to it based on what yes. the law code is that i guess where it appears in the code of tax code or something like mm -hmm. that and so uh and so those uh you being a 501c of course anybody who does make a donation it's tax deductible for them from their own finances if they donate you know twenty dollars fifty dollars a thousand dollars they can then deduct that away from their taxable income they're thus have a less of a liability uh, to the IRS. And as it's, I think, appropriate to talk about this, because it's April, it's April 21st, as we're recording this, of course, we'll have many people listening to this later, maybe even years later, and that's okay too, uh, because it'll still be relevant, because April 15th is the tax uh, filing deadline in the United States. Uh, and unlike the UK, it's very, very strict, very stiff penalties for misstepping. It's not like a hundred bucks here and there if you make a mistake and forget to file or whatever. It's it's, it can it can be quite costly in the USA. It's quite a uh, too gruesome experience. So I think that it's uh, and of course you can have extensions. So if you if you don't have time to complete it by April the fifteenth, which of course now it's past that deadline, and people file extensions and they they usually are granted you know a month or several months of extensions depending on the circumstances. Uh, but it's very relevant to actually make sure that people know that you know any donations to cat companions, at least in the USA are tax deductible. So more or better uh, from your own taxation point of view, uh, and of course, 
point of view of that. And, and as we say here in the UK, every little bit counts. So you know, if all you can donate is a couple bucks, then it's better than nothing. And you're flowing that energy uh, to a wonderful cause that will help cats and people as well. And I think that's an awesome, awesome thing. So I, I don't, I, you know, Julie, I apologize. You know, the money talk is not the, you know, sort of the most... Uh, non-embarrassing or talk that is. However, I think it's important not to shy away from it. Because I mm-hmm. think that's the that's the part, especially in fundraising, that you get uh, you know some people falling down on that. Just, just they're shy about it. There's no reason to be shy about it. When you're doing good things. You're not a drug dealer, for God's sake. You're doing some amazing work, helping uh, vulnerable people in our society, helping cats. It's it's only beneficial to everyone. So there's no reason to be shy about it. It's someone could say is no, and that's not a hostility. That's just no. I, I don't wish to make a donation right now, and that's that's fine. No problem. It's uh, as long as you know we're cool about it. So I don't like to shy away from that because I think it's important uh, to let people know that that's available. Just like I always uh, mention that you know when Dr. Rachel, our mutual friend, uh, provides her services, she does them free of charge. Because um, she can afford to do that, and uh, and so for her, it's really she really is on a a mission for cats. Uh, she's not on a mission to make money using cats as the vehicle. She's on a mission to just purely help cats from a benevolent point of view. Because she doesn't have to do it, uh, but she does. She doesn't charge a penny for her services and her books. Don't make money either, because 100% of the profits will go to. The, a local cat charity. I don't know which one. I think it's a shelter in Boston. I mean, perhaps it can be the Cat Companions uh, in the future if you talk to her, uh, uh, you know, well enough. Because I think it would be a bad thing. So that's uh, really awesome. So for people who are uh, perhaps interested, or for anybody, so that we are all enlightened about, this, could you tell us about a little bit about the process that you go through? So, so let's let's pretend I, I live in you know, Eastern Massachusetts and, you know, I have a disability, doesn't matter what it is. I have some issue or or a mental health challenge. I have something where I I need additional support cat. I want one. So how how do I go about, uh, or perhaps one of my carers or one of the professionals who works with me or a family member, how would we go about, you know, working with you to find a companion cat? Yeah. So the first step is to go to catcompanions.org and click on the apply to program button. And so then there's an application just, online. Yeah, it's just a brief, yeah. you know, it, won't, it only takes a few minutes to fill out, but basically we have to figure out from the questionnaire, is there, how will you take care of the cat? And, you know, how will we assist you with that? So they first fill out that application and then we get in touch with you with a and do a video chat to have a more open-ended conversation and mm-hmm. figure out what the needs are of the individual you know for example maybe they don't you know can't really fill out the applications easily yeah. so you know do we i for one gentleman that i worked with i went to his home and and helped him fill out all the applications yeah because i because to be honest that came to mind when they you know people will apply we just do the matching and then they apply and sometimes the cats are no longer available and all that so the first thing that came to mind is you know what if someone 
really can't or or, or doing the applications is too much of a challenge for them so mm-hmm. what happens to those people so that's really you know that's great to know yeah. there's help help for that and help you know, because if they can do it you, then got you, you let them do it but if they can't do it then you're available or someone is available to help hold their hand through that process too Mm-hmm. I think, mm-hmm. you know, for a lot of people with disabilities, that's the big thing. They can, you can get overwhelmed, um, even if it's maybe a small thing. It's It can be very overwhelming trying to deal with all this. And so we're helping people through the process and hopefully making it fun. You know, getting a cat is really exciting and it's It should fun. be really fun. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, so let's, a- let's a- do this. Yeah. yeah, let's do it together. Let's Let's figure it out. And then after, you know, we'll be tracking the cats and going back and forth and and discussing the options and, and they'll be going, then they'll be dire- directly dealing with the shelters because they, that's where the contract is between the shelter and them with, with their cat. So and do you ever assist at that point? Like, let's say that's also a challenge for them to be able to assist to the in- shelters like oftentimes my name is on the on on the email and so i i mean the other their phone numbers on on the email but I mean, on the application but my emails there and we'll go back and forth you know about it with the shelter personnel and then but it's always it, it does it's it involves them directly ultimately so, yeah, because you don't want to cut them out of it because they're ultimately responsible. It's for their that. responsibility, and they're and the contract so, is with the shelter and them. So then, once they have, and you need to be sure, yeah, yeah. Once they have the cat, then we come in with our cat behaviorists and and meet with them in the home and talk about and answer any questions they have. Help help them see how they can bond with the cat. Um, Sometimes people need help setting up their home correctly and and all that. And and so then it's fun time, <laughs> time to celebrate, mm-hmm. time to play with the cat, time to answer any questions. And then we'll stay in touch if, if they have cat behavior problems. We have with Rachel Geller is available to speak with them about that. And um, yeah, so it's 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 a great so (laughs) i ask is there anybody is there anybody who this would not be appropriate for like is there anybody you know maybe they're not listening to this but but so that we all know is there anybody that should probably not engage with this process because it's just not going to be a a right fit it's not going to work is there anybody like that yes uh if they can't take care of the cat then you know it's not going to work. So, for example, if someone has dementia and they can't can't you know they're by themselves and they can't really take care of the cat. That's that's going to be pretty hard. Um, and then if they just the other unfortunate kind of circumstance is if they don't have access to um, pet food pantries and low cost vet care, any other those are the main expenses. Maybe they could probably still get supplies through the um, pet food pantries as well. But if they can't get any of that, which we do have those resources on our website, um, but if they don't have a car or, or anything or any transportation, then those that can be 
very hard for them. Yeah, uh, and that makes sense. And I would hope that, and I know this is not uh, this is not true, but it's a hope that most people who you know really have a profound inability to to care for themselves or to care, you know, would have family or they wouldn't be alone. In other words, like somebody with that level of dementia, hopefully alone. Hopefully they reside with someone else who then will be able to take care of the cat. Because I can think of. You know, there's a there's a, a home for the elderly here near nearby, about ten walk from my house, and I walk past it quite a lot. And um, and of course, some of the people, not all of them, but some of the people, in there, you know, will have some dementia and all that. And it's a nice home. And I always used to notice this beautiful, fluffy black and white cat in one of the windows. And sometimes he'd come out and say hi to me and the passersby and all that. But uh, it was a very helpful. Even someone with dementia would benefit from an emotional support cat, and maybe even more so because that cat will bring them a level of joy, of relief, de-stressing that, that uh, is probably not possible in another way. So that would be great. But, you know, they have to take care of the cat. Like you said, if they can't take care of the cat, then, you know, the cat's going to wither away and die if it has no food and water. And, and so we don't right. want that. And so, they, so that's necessary. But hopefully someone that condition will be not living on their own will be living with a family member or in a home somewhere and then hopefully that family member of that home can you know understand that an emotional support uh, cat be the best thing for them uh, but then of course they have to be willing to take care of that cat after this person's no longer with us because otherwise we're just setting up the shelter to receive a cat back in a, in, in a number of years so we don't want that hopefully that that happens and that the bond forms and that that they see the benefits there and and, and i think that will be really really great but uh but yeah i completely understand if someone is is uh not able to take care of themselves and, and get supplies for the cat uh and whether and i'm sure some places might deliver who knows but then you need to pay for that so there needs to be sort of a minimum level being able to take care of the animal so Mm -hmm. so yeah i I get that but yeah Mm -hmm. uh and for now also if 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 you live outside of the eastern massachusetts area if you're in california or england or hawaii then obviously cat companions cannot currently assist you because it's localized to that but uh but it's uh certainly a great idea for people in that area to consider uh launching one of these either in collaboration with cat companions or on on their own thing although i don't know what you'd call it so maybe you should be looking to come up to to a collaboration or maybe even potentially consider i I don't know how it works with a 501c, but franchising cat companions, but not in a sort of a McDonald's way, uh, making a lot of money, but in a way that does generate a lot of income. And that, and then you just provide some strategic uh, policy level support, like, you know, a, a written, here's a plan of how to do it. And, and you provide that support, or that's it. And then they can, you know, in a monthly or annual you know, fee to maintain that sort of cat companions branch or affiliation or franchise type of thing as is an idea for you but maybe maybe that's too complicated or not possible i don't know but that's i'd like to see this kind of thing grow i'd like to see this kind of thing happen here to be honest mm-hmm. um and yeah so, i'm happy to seen, talk to anybody about this i would think i think it would be great so yeah. it's a wonderful idea absolutely so uh let's do it one let's show everybody one more time 
Uh, and for anybody listening, just a reminder, it's catcompanions.org. C-A-T-C-O-M-P-A-N-I-O-N-S.org. Catcompanions, in the plural, .org. And I think it's a wonderful thing for everybody, whether or not you're in eastern Massachusetts, whether or not you have a disability or know somebody with a disability, ch- check out what they do because it might just uh, inspire you as to a way that might be helpful for people. Uh, and also reemphasize the idea that cats, you know, can and are emotionally supportive animals. <laughs> you know, even the naughty ones. You know, like like my mom's cat is just slightly naughty, just naughty enough to keep her entertained. Doesn't cross the line, but keeps her entertained on her toes, and is of course loved and cuddly enough to keep her, uh, you know, adored. Which is, you know, parents get a bit older, get worried about them being lonely, and so now, you know, my mom has that. So. This is very good for people. So, Julie, uh, we're at uh, 40 minutes, close to 40 minutes. So I'd like to leave you with the sort of proverbial last word. Is there anything you care to say or ask before we wrap up the show? Well, we just encourage you to come to our website and to apply to the program or contact us to be a volunteer or to donate so we'd love to have your involvement. And then, as you mentioned, if, if anybody is really interested in starting something in their um, geographic area, I'd be happy to speak with you. So thank you so much. Yeah, that's fantastic. That's really great news. And uh, so, Julie, uh, hold on for a few minutes because I'll, I'll be back after we end the show uh, and I say goodbye to everybody. So thank you so much for joining us. Uh, and telling us about what you do, why you do it, and all that good stuff. And you're beginning this journey. And uh, I very sincerely wish you not only all the best of luck, but all of the success in the world with this, because you're not about to be enriching yourself, making a million dollars, which is nothing wrong with that. But what you are going to be doing is enriching the lives of so many people who really need it because of their own vulnerable situation that uh, it will be, I mean, if you believe in karma, I mean, you've got instant karma right there. And you'll be, of course, helping all those cats who need the love homes. So that's amazing. So thank you so much for joining us, Julie. Thank you. It's a pleasure. I appreciate it. So guys, this was Julie Totten and catcompanions.org. What an amazing story, right? I mean, I've never heard of anything like this. And now I want to hear more of stories like this. Uh, so this is Cat Lady Justin. This is the Kitty Boss, where we pick Pam Protector, practically perfect pussycat for a lifetime of unconditional love. So we'll see you next time on the next show. <laughs>